This morning, we're going to finish up our study. We've been in a study for, I got 11 on mine. I know it's been longer than that because I've been out some, but uh, this is probably the 11th part of this study. And we've, we just call this Keys to the Kingdom, Bringing Heaven to Earth. And what we've been talking about is some keys that we have been given, that God's given us, that gives us access to the provisions and the things that we need every day in life. Jesus preached the kingdom of God. That was his message. He, he was the king preaching the king's message. And he didn't leave us helpless, folks. Last week we talked about the power that he's left us with, who's a person, the Holy Spirit. But he didn't leave us helpless. He left us with all the provisions that we need to live godly lives and to live victorious lives in whatever situation or circumstance that is. Now, that doesn't mean we're all going to drive Cadillacs and live in $500,000 houses, okay? This is not name it and claim it and, and that kind of stuff. That's not what this what we've been talking about. What we've been talking about is a king who's left his children what they need to be victorious. He's won the battle. He's paid the price. And so we, each of us who know Christ, are to live out of the riches that he's given us. I mean, Scripture says that, that he's given us all the, the, the riches in, in the heavenlies. He's given us the inheritance of Christ. We're joint heirs with Jesus and, 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 and heirs of God. And most of those things we've put in a container and marked it future, eternal. When in reality, most of it is for now. There's a, some of it that's eternal and for the future, but some of it is for now. Jesus lived the same kind of life that we lived. He, he had to get up in the morning. He had to, to feed his body. He had to go to work. He had to make a living for his family. So he understands what that's like. And therefore, he left us the resources that we need to be successful at that. And we're going to talk a little bit about success today, and maybe from a different standpoint than you, you've thought about it. But what I've called today's message is the be prepared key. We've been looking at different keys. Today, it's the be prepared key. Adequate preparation is essential for success. Amen? Success in every one of All of us want to be successful, right? Nobody got up this morning praying, Lord, I want to be a failure today. No, we all want to be successful. It's built into us. We want to be successful. Nobody wakes up and decides they want to be a failure. All of us want to be successful, but not all of us are willing to do the prep work that it requires. The word prepare means to make ready for some activity or some purpose or, or some use. Prepare means to be ready. Most people, instead of wanting to prepare, they want to know when they need to be prepared. In other words, tell me the date. Tell me the time. Tell me what, what the year. They want to pinpoint that moment so that when it gets a little closer, they can be prepared. The only problem with that is, is that nobody ever prepares when they look at it from that point of view. It just sneaks up on them, and it happens. Jesus wanted us to be prepared. The tragedy of it is we never just, we don't ever get 
around to it. If it's not a constant thing. You know what? It's too late to put together a tornado plan when the wind begins to howl. And when the walls are collapsing. And when the roof's been pulled off your house. Amen? It's, it's too late. It's too late to put together a fire escape plan when in the middle of the night you're awakened to a screaming smoke detector. Or you begin to feel the heat from the flames. Or you begin to smell the smoke. It's too late. It's too late when you, when you go into a spin in your automobile to learn defensive driving techniques and you're headed for the tractor trailer on the other side of the highway. It's too late, right? See, we can't wait until the moment when we need to be prepared to do the preparation. We have to prepare beforehand. We have to be prepared. As a kid, I was in the Boy Scouts. And the, the Boy Scout motto is what? Be prepared. Be prepared. For what? For anything and everything. That was basically what I was taught as a, as a young kid. Before we went camping the first time, we learned how to tie knots. Well, what do you need to know how to tie knots for? Well, when you're putting up a, 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 a tent, something to protect you from the elements at night, you need to know how to tie a knot. There's certain, I mean, just twist and pull, you wake up in the middle of the night, and that tent might be on top of you. So you learned the correct knots. We learned how to build a fire. Okay, well, why do you need to have build a fire, man? We got Zippo lighters, and that's what we said. And, uh, and we, got, we got matches. Well, you know what? If your Zippo lighter gets wet or your match gets wet, it can get cold at night if you don't know how to build a fire. We learn how to collect water. And this was in the days before it was bottled, okay? <laughs> we learned where to look. And, and, and what we learned, we learned uh, a ton, uh, you know, how to, how to eat things that were uh, edible plants and berries in the woods that were not poisonous. You say, well, why'd you need all that? Well, you know, you never know what's going to happen when you go into the woods. You, you just don't know. And so we learned all those things. We learned survival techniques. And, and as an adult, almost 50 years later, I can still remember a lot of those things just in case I need it. Okay? Jesus often spoke with people and with groups of people who were unprepared for the future. Spent most of his, his ministry speaking to people who were unprepared for the future. But instead of those people asking, how do I get prepared? Most of them ask, when, Lord? When will this happen? When will that happen? When will this or, or that take place? They were more interested in a last minute flurry of action rather than a sustaining a consistent plan of preparation. Instead of responding to, to Jesus' call to action, they were content to react when the moment arose. See, they weren't paying attention to what He was teaching. They weren't listening to the depth of His teaching. They weren't recognizing and understanding the signs and the wonders that He was doing. They were depending on their own ability to get them through at crunch time. Now, I've already said this a bunch, but whenever Jesus preached, more often than not, He preached and taught on the kingdom of God. This was a, a very treasured belief of the Jews. They believed that, that God was going to send a Messiah, an anointed one, a Savior. 
That word means all of those things. They believed that, that, that God was going to send one and he would reestablish the kingdom of Israel. They thought that that kingdom would be one where they finally got the power back. And they set their own destiny and they did what they wanted to do. They, in their minds, it was, it was King David's kingdom again, the very height of, of their glory, the, their power years when they were in charge of the land and when, when they controlled the, the countries that were around them. That's what they were looking for. That's what they believed was going to happen. They believed that the Messiah would throw the yoke of slavery that Rome had imposed on them off. And when that happened, they believed they'd be free. Jesus didn't look like the king they were looking for. He not only didn't look like the king they were looking for, he didn't teach, and he didn't preach, and he didn't sound like the one they were expecting. One of the distinguishing marks, when we were, when we were teaching about healing several months ago, we talked about uh, three marks that the Messiah, the rabbis believed that the Messiah would display when it came to healing. One of those was that the Messiah would heal a leper. Nobody had been healed in the land of Israel since Moses' sister Miriam of leprosy. If you got leprosy, it was pretty much a death sentence. But the, the, the rabbis believed that, that uh, and, and Scripture said it in the Old Testament. So they taught this, that when the Messiah came, he would heal a leper. Jesus healed ten lepers at one time. Ten of them, folks. Ten times what they thought was going to happen. He did that one day. And in Luke 17, it, it t- tells the story of that. And the religious leaders should have recognized by that that Jesus was the Messiah. But instead, we find them asking questions. And that's where I want to go today. That's where I want to spend our time is in, in, uh, in Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. I want to read the, this passage and, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees, in other words, they, they'd gathered around him and they'd begin to, to pepper him and barrage him with questions. And what was the main question? It, well, it was, when is the kingdom of God coming? Tell us when the kingdom's coming. Is this the kingdom? Are you the, are you the Messiah? When's the kingdom coming? And I want you to listen to the answer that Jesus gives. Jesus answered them, said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst or within you. That's what. That's another translation. The Pharisees, they, they, their point was, when is this going to happen? So they didn't believe the who part of the equation. They didn't believe Jesus was the king. So they wanted to know, when is the kingdom coming? The Pharisees were looking, and the religious people of Israel were looking for a series of events that fit their eschatological calendar. You may say, what is eschatological? It just means end times. Eschaton is the Greek word for end. 
the end times. They had a calendar, and, and they were going by the calendar. They were looking for something that went step by step by step leading up to a grand finale. They wanted to observe some empirical data. They wanted to see if this matched up. In fact, the word Jesus uses here for observed was a, was a medical term that a doctor would use when he was talking about a disease that had, a, that had a certain warning signs that appeared in a certain order and, and pathway. They were looking for a timetable rather than the return of the kings. They were looking for a formula, folks. And the king of kings was standing in their presence. For them, a series of events had to happen. And this had to happen, and that had to happen, and this over there had to happen, and then the king would return. But folks, the king was standing in their midst, eyeball to eyeball, face to face, and they were unprepared. And you know what happened? They missed him, and they missed his kingdom. See, a lack of preparation leads to a failure in success, no matter how well you think you know the scriptures. Folks, the Pharisees knew the Scriptures inside and out. Backwards and forwards, but they missed the author of the Scriptures. They were intimate with, the, with God's Word, but they were estranged from the God of the Word. They knew about God, but they didn't know God. They'd spent their life interpreting God's Word and boiling it down to a list of do's and don'ts to measure their religious accomplishments. But they failed to show love and they failed to show grace to people that were broken and crushed. They had a highly developed religious system. It was structured. But they couldn't recognize the very signs they claimed to believe that would identify the Messiah. They were not prepared. Well, Nelson, what does that have to do with us? Well, the first century religious system looks a lot like the 21st century religious system. It's the same system that most Christians are enamored with. You know what? It's a system, though, without Christ. In fact, you know, and I hate to say this, and I cringe when I do say it, but I believe it's true. Most Christians wouldn't know Jesus if he sat down beside them. Because we, we're not prepared. We're prepared for a Jesus that we've heard proclaimed, but not the Jesus of the Word. And there's a big difference sometimes. See, most people are looking for a Jesus that's, that's upset and he's angry. He's coming back in judgment. He's going to get those dirty, rotten, stinking sinners. Folks, that's not the picture that the Scriptures paint of Jesus. Yes, He's coming back on a white horse. Yes, He certainly is. But if He were to walk in today and sit down beside you, would you know that it was Him by His words, by His attitudes, by the things that He did? I don't think most Christians would. Jesus responded to the Pharisees' questions by making a statement that the kingdom of God was not coming with observable data that can be gathered or examined. He put it this way in Luke chapter 17, verse 21a. He said, For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. In other words, hey, here I am. 
That's what he was saying to, to that crowd. He, he, hey, right here. Hey, look, I, it's me, the king. I'm here. They're looking over him, trying to figure out who he's talking about. And Jesus is saying, it's me. Listen to me. Signs and wonders are not the kingdom. Okay? Blood moons, they're not the kingdom. The other phenomenon are not the kingdom. Wars and rumors of war are not the kingdom. The rise of ISIS, what's going on in Israel right now, and what happens next are not the kingdom. Okay? They're signs. They're important signs. But Jesus said that the kingdom of God is in our midst. It's a right now thing. Yes, it's a a now, but not yet. It's a here, but in the future. It sure is. But it's also here. And the king is here. The king, if you're a believer, lives here. Okay? I don't have to look for him. I don't have to get up every anxious moment and wonder if the skies are going to burst open. He's already here. Yes, He's coming back, folks, literally. I believe that. And I believe we need to be prepared. But we also need to be realistic and be real. He lives here. He's already here. He arrived in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of Jesus. That's what Scripture teaches. The kingdom of God is not some all-encompassing future event. It's a present reality. The kingdom's in your midst. It's within you if you know Jesus. Folks, the kingdom is where the king is. And if, if you know Christ this morning, the king abides in you. If you know him this morning, the kingdom of God's within you. That makes all the difference in the world. And I want you to, to hear my heart here this morning, okay? I've spent a lot of time over the years, studying the end times. I think that's an important thing to do. When you read the book of the Revelation, it says, blessed are those that read this book and hate it. Okay? So I believe it's important that, that we understand the, the seasons and we understand the times. But listen to me. What happens very often with that fascination, is that we, we begin to, to, to lean toward a tendency to fix times and events that have to happen before Jesus comes back. If you don't hear anything else I say, please hear me now, okay? The return of Jesus Christ is imminent. The early church lived with a sense of of imminency. What does imminency mean? It means that Jesus could return at any moment. There is no sign that has to be fulfilled. I don't care what, who taught or who said. And that's where I stand on that rock. Nothing has to happen for Jesus to come back. That's what the early church believed. That's what Peter, that's what Paul, that's what John taught. It could happen at any moment. So therefore, we have to be prepared. Do we watch the signs? Sure we do. I pay attention to the blood moons. I pay attention to what's going on in Israel. For the past two weeks, every day at lunch, Kathy and I have sit down and, and she watches uh, the 700 Club every day at lunch. But for the last two weeks, I've sat down because they're, they're talking about how the, the state of Israel came back to be a, a nation and, and, and what led up to that. That is critical to understanding. But folks, listen to me. None of that 
is going to usher in the kingdom of God. None of that's going to usher in the return of the king. The king can come anytime he wants to. Therefore, we need to be prepared. I watch what's going on in the Middle East with great interest, okay? But I don't lay awake at night worrying about it, okay? I, I don't. You say, well, why, Nelson? Because I'm preparing for the king to return. I'm making sure my life and the ministry he's given me and the responsibilities he's given me, I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to, to be prepared so that when he does return, I'm ready. I think of the story that, that Jesus tells, the, the, the parable of the, of the ten uh, the virgins who, who, who part of them had their lamps prepared and part of them didn't. And the ones who did... Went into the wedding feast, and the ones who didn't, well, they were shut out. I think of other stories that Jesus talks about, and he talks about being prepared. So, so in the point of, 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 of this passage, and the point of what we're talking about this morning, and really the principle this morning is be prepared. Well, does that mean I'm supposed to ignore? No, you're not supposed to ignore the signs. Pay attention to them. But signs are just signs. The king doesn't have to depend on the signs to get back. He doesn't need a road map. Okay? He know, God knows when he's coming back. The father knows when he's coming back. Our responsibility is to be ready every day at every moment. Folks, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be the equivalent of the Boy Scouts. We're supposed to be prepared. No matter where we're at, no matter what we're doing, we're supposed to be ready. So if the shout happens and the trumpet sounds, man, all we got to do is fly. We drop whatever needs to be dropped, and we go to be with Jesus. Amen. Y'all traveling with me? Okay. The return of Christ is imminent. I believe that. There, there doesn't have to be... I've heard it taught, and, and I've, man, I pray that this takes place, but it doesn't have to happen. That, that there's going to be a worldwide revival. Folks, there's been revival going on for years and years and years. You say, well, it's not happening here. It's happening in Africa. It's happening in China. It's happening all around the world. But there doesn't have to be a revival, quote, quote, here before the king comes back. We need to be prepared for his coming now. We need to be ready now. It's imminent. Jesus used an example. And, and he, he gives clues like this all, the, all through Scripture. He says, it'll be just like it was in the days of Noah. And the things that were going on in the days of Lot. You say, well, what was that? Well, we all, all of us jumped to the conclusion it was wickedness. And it was, it was this kind of sin and that kind of sin. But that's not what Jesus, that's not the illustration he gives when he, when he fleshes out the illustration. Judgment failed because they were not prepared. Nothing special happened, though. Listen to what he says. People were eating. They were drinking. They were marrying. And they were being given in marriage. They were just going about life. Normal life. It was played out under normal conditions. In the days of Lot, they were buying. They were selling. They were planning. They were building. Life was, was playing out under normal conditions. 
Folks, when the king comes back, life's going to be like it is normally. It's, it's going to be the usual. Jesus says this, it will be the same on that day that the Son of Man is revealed. It will be a normal day when the king returns, but it will never be normal again after that. See, success on that day will depend on whether or not one is prepared. So what am I trying to say this morning? This is pretty short, okay? Be prepared. Be prepared. If you profess Jesus, make sure you are possessed by Jesus. What, what, what do you mean, Nelson? If you confess Him with your mouth, make sure He lives in your heart. If you say you know Him, make sure He knows you. If you claim to confess Him, then obey Him. If you claim to know Jesus, make sure Jesus knows you. If you claim to follow Jesus, make sure you live your life so that you look like Jesus. If the kingdom of God is within us, make sh- we need to make sure that the kingdom of God flows out through us. We don't need to be Pharisees. We don't need to profess that we know all the facts. And yet we're totally unprepared. Folks, they could quote huge passages of the Old Testament. They knew the law inside and out. They were the the PhDs and the the DDDs and all the letters piled. They they were the guys who who were theologically trained. This is where they lived. And yet they missed the very one who wrote what they had been studying. They missed the very word of God. They missed him because they weren't prepared. They knew the facts, but there was no preparation in their heart. Folks, the kingdom of God, if you know Jesus this morning, resides in you. Live like it does. The king lives within you. Live like he does. Prepare now. Celebrate later. Amen? Prepare now. Now, so why are we having all these cleanup days? Because if we go to the campus in Morris and we don't have cleanup days, you're going to be sorely disappointed and uncomfortable. That's why we're preparing now. That's why we're trying to think ahead. What are we going to need and what are we going to need to do so that when we get there, listen, when you've got a crowd there and you didn't make any preparations, it's too late. If the air conditioner doesn't work, it's too late. If the bathroom doesn't work, it's too late. There's not enough seats. It's too late. We're preparing. And folks, we need to do that in each of our individual lives. We need to prepare. We need to get ready. Listen to me. Jesus is coming. Okay? It may be before I get the next word out of my mouth. It may be five years from now. It may be a hundred years from now. I don't know. I just know he's on his way. His return is imminent. Let me ask you this question, though. Are you ready? 
You're the only person that can answer that. Are you ready? Maybe you're a Christian here this morning. I'm not asking. If you're a believer, I'm not, I'm not wanting you to doubt your salvation. That's, that's not my point. I, I'm not into that. My point, though, is, you know what? Am I living out my faith? Am I living it out day by day? Are you ready? If Jesus appeared, would you be ready to go? Would you be ready to meet Him face to face? Now listen, all of us, I would guess, have some things that we're going to be ashamed of, okay? I understand that. We're going to meet the holiness of God. So there are going to be some things. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, am I really ready for Him to come? Or have I been living like most people? You know, when that day happens, I'll deal with it when it gets here. I'll just react instead of respond. Man, when Christ appears, I I want to be able to step toward Him. I want to be able to throw down the garbage and step toward it. I don't want to shrink back and hide, oh my gosh, I can't believe he came now. Are you ready? If you're not ready, then use the be prepared key he gave us. He said, get ready. Well, how do I get ready? I'm going to give you four things and I'm done. Y'all need to write this one down. This will be the shortest sermon I've preached. Okay? Number one, make sure you belong to Jesus. That's the starting place. Look at your ID. Look at your driver's license. Make sure it's got Jesus' name stamped on it, okay? Number two, go after God with all your heart. If you know Jesus, then go after Him with all that you are. Number three, make sure you obey what you claim to believe. Do what He says. You remember what Jesus said in John 14? If you love Me, you will obey My commandments. You will do what I say. Obedience is a visible revelation of our love for Christ. It's, It's an external act of an inward devotion. That's all obedience is. We don't don't obey because we have to. Folks, that's the lowest level of obedience a person can, can do. We obey because we want to. We want to please Him. We want to make Him happy. We obey because we get to. So, make sure you obey what you claim to believe. And then the last one, number four. Tell others about the King who's coming. If you really believe Jesus is coming back, there are people in your sphere of influence, people you rub shoulders with every day that don't know that. They hadn't heard that. You say, well, everybody's heard that. They may have heard it, but it didn't register. You know, if if the building was on fire, and I knew it, and I just casually got up and walked out and left y'all to it. Y'all wouldn't think very much of me, would you? Folks, this world is on fire. And we need to let people know the King's coming. We need to let them know that Jesus loves them. 
Not that Jesus is, is angry and he's going he's to toast them or, or smash them or destroy them or judge them. That Jesus loves them. And he died to pay for their sins. And if, if, if they're willing to receive the gift that he's offering, they will become his, his sons. They'll become his daughters. They'll spend eternity with them. Folks, that's why it's good news. Make sure you belong to Jesus. Go after Jesus with all your heart. Make sure you obey what you can claim to believe and tell others that the King's coming back. That's how you get prepared. That's pretty simple, amen? Here's what I've learned. It's the simple things that we tend not to do. We like the complex things. They have all the steps and all the stuff. I'm thankful to God this morning that He only gave us some simple things to do to be prepared. You know why? Because if they weren't simple, nobody would prepare. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just kind of, you know what? I'm waiting till it gets closer. Well, you know what? You may miss the boat. Because once the boat sails... It sailed. Once the door cracks, it's over. There won't be 15 or 20 minutes, 30 minutes to get your stuff in order and get where you need to be. It'll be just like that. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you know about Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. Okay? Listen to me. He loves you. He died for you. He wants you. Okay? He desires you to be with Him. His Word says that, that He would have none to perish, but that all would come to salvation, that all would be saved. Okay, that's how much He loves you. Maybe you're a believer this morning, and, and you're, just, you're just immersed in a whole bunch of stuff, twisted in a lot of different directions. Look, I, I live in a real world. I understand what making a living's like. I understand what pressures of, of having children and, and grandchildren and a job and, and friends and, and all that kind of church and all that other stuff. I understand that. I don't live in some la-la land, okay, where everything's wonderful. I live in the real world. But you know what? I can get so caught up in the real world that I forget about the one who's in charge and who's in control. Maybe you just need to drop a few things and say, Lord, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm holding on to way too much stuff here. I'm trying to oversee ways beyond my ability. Won't you just take this stuff and, and help me get prepared? Maybe you're here this morning and you got a family member or you got a friend or you got somebody you've worked with for years or maybe a neighbor that you've lived by. And you've been putting off. Well, you know what? One of these days when the moment's right. Listen, folks, we make our moments through the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Jesus says, behold, today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. Don't wait. Just, just engage that person. You don't have to preach them a sermon. You just say, listen, I, I, I work with you and I, I respect you. And, and you know what? I love you. I want, you to, I want you to hear this. And you know what? You've done all you can do. 
But maybe there's somebody in your life that you just need to share it with. And you've been putting it off thinking, you know, well, maybe something will happen and, and this will happen and this will work and this will work. You know, and maybe it won't. And maybe that person won't get an opportunity to hear about Jesus. Folks, the King is coming. We have to be prepared. Amen? Let's pray. Father, this morning. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.